The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to the latest edition of On to the Next One, UFC Vegas 59 slash the Ultimate Fighter 30 finale. No, this is not Mike Heck, who usually handles the introductions, guys, and is, is the, the host of our two-man show. Uh, it is I, Alexander K. Lee. Uh, Mike is battling an illness. You know, he's been out and about all week. He was in Savannah, Georgia, doing some coverage with, you know, uh, getting interviews with Jorge Masvidal, head of Icon FC. So hopefully, guys, please, everyone, give say a little prayer for Mike. Hopefully, he'll he's back up and at him soon. He's uh, he was feeling a bit ill. He still did the post fight show on Saturday night. Uh, so if you guys you guys probably couldn't even tell that he was under the weather. Uh, but Sunday, you know, needs a bit of time to rest. The good news is, you guys get a special treat. Speaking talking about Savannah, Georgia, we have Georgia's favorite son, Jed Mashu. Savannah's is favorite son. Savannah's, Savannah's favorite, favorite son. Son, in fact. Jed Mashu. Jed Mashu is here to help me. He jumped in really at the last minute, guys. So uh, he's uh, he's gonna have he's gonna provide picks. He's gonna provide commentary on your picks because you guys sent in a lot. There was a lot of listener traffic. Uh, so thank you guys for all the uh, DMs and everything. So I won't be able to read everything, I don't think. But there's a lot of consensus picks too, so we can kind of comment on those. Uh, Jed, if you accidentally book someone that is like they've already been booked. Or, you know, or anything like that. Don't worry. Again, you're on short I'm pretty notice sure here. I haven't done it. Okay. I'm pretty sure that all of my choices are covered. You know, it's not my first dot now. Okay. Uh, I, ste- I stepped in for you uh, once upon a time, I think. Maybe for I me? stepped in for Mike. I've, I, I've, maybe I stepped in for Mike. I've so done one dot no before, at least. Yeah. So, not my first rodeo. It is my second rodeo. Your second rodeo. <laughs> oh, but you know what the clown is there okay. for. You know what the clown is there for. You know why the bull is coming out of there. 
you know what the, the horns and all the sounds mean and you know how the scoring works yeah unlike your first yeah. rodeo where it's just oh my god what is happening there's um, just wild animals all around so yes. you know i think i've got it this time uh jed what did you think of saturday's card give me a quick give me a quick you know it was better than i thought it would be you know like we all tried and I, I just got done listening to the post show great work as always guys uh, and I think we all sort of agreed that that card was bad on paper and it was bad on paper and I don't regret anything. I, I know you addressed it on the show. Right. I had several people hit me up in social media oh saying, oh, apology. I'm like, I, I don't, because let me tell you, it was a perfectly fine card, but it's one of those cards where you're not going to remember this card two weeks down the line. Whereas if you had spent time with your family, you probably remember that, you know, that might be something <laughs> significant for you. Still, way more entertaining. Ten finishes and ten fights. I will also say, not for nothing, I would have felt a lot differently about this card had you told me going into it that it's a ten-fight fight card. We lost a couple immediately before. That certainly changes how good the card is, especially in my estimation. And then, yeah, I even if you, if you check my topology picks, I predicted a ton of finishes in this card. I thought that that would sort of be what we get, but, you know... The other end of it, too, that everybody, nobody's talking about. And we don't need to harp on it because that's not the purpose of this show. But everybody's like, ooh, you guys deserve an apology. I need to see an apology. Well, you know, there's a downside. There's a very real downside to having a bunch of first-round finishes. That thing moved so slow last night. Because it was just a 20-minute interlude after every fight where you got a video package and, like, I'm not trying to yuck anybody's yum. If you guys love that and you're sitting at home and like, this was awesome. I get to get to see Rashad Evans at the desk a bunch more or whatever. Then great. I am glad you enjoyed it. But it was literally to a point where, especially because I wasn't working last night, I was just, you know, having a bevy, enjoying it by myself, maybe with a friend or two. Uh, I would just turn on the fight. Oh, we got our first round finished. Cool. I'm good for 30. I can come back to this in 30 minutes. I'm going to go pop over, watch something else for a little while. So, But still, all in all, a lot of fun outcomes, a lot of great highlights. And the main event far exceeded my expectations for it. Tiago Santos got fun again. Who knew? Who knew it could be done? You, so, you challenged you him. Know. You challenged him, Jed. You challenged him. You know I thought that if there was a man who could do it, it would be Jamal Hill, and he did. I mean, don't get me wrong. Tiago Santos really tried hard. He tried very hard to not too be hard, fun. Too hard, maybe. Oh, 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 you mean he tried to not be fun previously? Oh, to not be fun. I mean, he certainly tried too hard, but like that was, <laughs> that was my big – the only criticism I had for our post show is the talk of Tiago Santos having a good game plan. He had a horrific game plan, guys, like – Sure, maybe it's better. Maybe he gets knocked. Maybe he got knocked out in the fourth round instead of earlier. But like that, that was only going to go one way. He's not a wrestler, and you saw it because every time he scored a takedown, Jamal Hill just stood up. Yep. He didn't Habib score a takedown and control. He, he exerted an infinite amount of energy to put a butt on the mat, and then Jamal Hill just pushes his head away and stands back up. Like that was only going to go one way. So I thought it was an awful game plan. But in the end, you know, Jamal Hill cheated and he got the dub. And that's all that matters. He did. A couple times. Tiago Santos uh, had more trouble, like, recovering from those takedowns, like, successful takedowns 
than Jamal Hill did. Like he would take there. I think it was in the second round. He took him down once. And then as you said, Jamal Hill just kind of stood up and like Tucker Santos took like an extra beat kind of like down on his knees. Successful take. <laughs> he, was, he was kind of just like down on his knees. Like, just give me a second. Give me a, not like, you know, not like, not like setting up another like takedown attempt. He was like, give me a second. Like, I got to get a second to recover here. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. he's got bad knees. And we know he has bad knees. Yeah. So that can't be easy. Right. It, it's all exhausting. Like anybody who's ever trained, I'm here to tell you, I wrestled in high school, I've trained jiu-jitsu, I've trained, like, school, wrestling is, is all, they say, said it on that thing, wrestling is the worst part of it, it's the most physically exhausting, and that's damn true, it is substantially more tiring to try and take somebody down than it is to defend takedowns, and especially, like, the, where that where that balance shifts is if you score the takedowns, that is very mentally defeating, you know, whereas... Habib gets the takedown then on top of you, and then he's going to work. That is both tiring and it is a mentally defeating, ah, I fought really hard for this thing and failed. But if you just stand right back up, you're not mentally defeated. And then Tiago Santos has to go, dude, I got to go do this again. Okay. So it's just, it's way, way more difficult, way, way more tiring. I thought it was an awful game plan when instead he could have just, just come out brawling and see what happens. He won, but, he won you know. two rounds and a couple of scorecards. But anyway. Uh, yeah, in a three-round fight, I I agree. It's actually a good game plan. <laughs> he, it's true. He could have stolen one in, in a three-round fight. Yeah. Yeah. He could have eased. Like, there's a, the whole world the difference. I would have said, hey, that's really good. He's shortening the fight time. He's make, he's condensing this to very, like, that is a very smart tactical approach. But he was never going to have the gas to do that for 25 minutes. And in the end, he, he didn't. And that's sort of just how it went. Uh, this show tied the modern record for a hundred percent finish rate. Uh, the last card was UFC fight night Rockhold versus Michael Bisping, which was 11 for 11. I think that was back in 2014. Shout outs to, uh, so it Michael didn't Carroll. tie. Well, I mean the percentage percentage. I mean, it, it tied a percentage, but yeah, percentage, but yeah, but yes, the only the second time in modern UFC history, I'm sure if people go back to UFC one, two and three, well, they didn't have decisions back then. So all those fights had to end in finishes, uh, but shout outs, Michael Carroll at MJC flipped a script on Twitter. One of our great, uh, statisticians in, in this business. Oh yeah. Dude all always right. has six stats. So we talked about Tiago Santos a bit. Let's talk about the winner, Jamal Hill. Jed, who, who, what's next? Big win. He's going to be, I think, likely in our top. Well, he might not crack the top ten. Probably is like lowest number eleven. I think he'll at least be number eleven in the global rankings because people have to keep in mind he's also competing as like Corey Anderson, Vadim Nemkov, people in the um, Bellator light heavyweight division and around the world. Your uh, your two division man, uh, uh, Reiner De Ritter, uh, could be in there someday. We don't know, but uh, he'll be he'll he'll move up. He came in number fourteen. He'll move up in our rankings. But who's he fighting next, Jet, to move up even further? So this was, I think, this was both very simple and very difficult because I know who I want him to fight next. Uh, we talked about it beforehand, I think, on BTL. I thought what he should have done is come in and say, just make a sick promo on Jan Blachowicz and try and try and cut his way to the top because he's not going to get to fight up, at least not in the UFC rankings. Just everybody is either booked not going to fight him or half of them are like broken. So to me, I think there are two answers. I think who he's going to fight is Vulcan Ozdemir, but that's not the fight I care about. I want him to fight the winner of Dustin Jacoby, Khalil Roundtree, because Jacoby, I think in the UFC rankings is a top 15 guy Roundtree. I'm not sure is ranked or not, but the winner of that fight in the UFC's rankings is certainly going to have a top 15, maybe even sneak into a top 10 ranking sort of there. 
and with everybody above Jamal Hill occupied, he's going to have to fight back. And sure, he could fight back against Volk and Ozdemir, which makes a lot of sense given that Ozdemir just beat Paul Craig, who obviously has the win over Jamal Hill. I would just rather see either Dustin Jacoby or Cleo Roundtree are going to win by knockout, and then I want to see those two dudes chuck mitts with Jamal Hill because that is an absolutely sick fight. So that's where I'm picking because it's a way more fun fight than the Vulcan-Ozdemir fight, but I do kind of think it's going to end up being Ozdemir. Uh, as you mentioned, Dustin Jacoby is 14 in the UFC rankings, and he is a, a prominent fighter also receiving votes of Favre in our rankings, uh, appearing on three ballots. So very, very close to being ranked, uh, but not quite there. And if he goes and beats Khalil Roundtree, he's going to be ranked in our rankings for sure. Like, it's hard for me it, to he'll say. He'll be at like an eight-fight win streak That's or something. That's fine. But I, yeah, but for me, it's like I need him to beat someone upwards, which is probably where, which is why I, I went where I did with my, my picks. And I like, know for you he won't be, but I think the yes. rest of us will put him and he will make his way I will the keep rankings. him out of there, just like I kept Chris Curtis out of the middleweight rankings. I will keep him out. You, I will you keep do, him out. You're doing God's work. <laughs> I keep better. Listen, quality accomplishment matters a lot to me. And Jacoby's being some good guys. But I don't know, enough to get past Paul Craig. Paul Craig's holding down our number 15 spot right now. Um, as I said, Jamal Hill. Well, you know, I don't know what's going to happen to Tiago Santos now. There may, be a, there may be a spot for the taking. There may be a spot for the taking. I don't taking. know if I have Tiago Santos ranked. But if I do, I, it's got to be very low. And yeah. he will no longer be ranked after this. Even though, like we said, his best performance in some time. He looked good. Yeah, his best performance since he he hurt uh, Glover Teixeira in their fight, but you know he didn't win. So I went with Magomed Ankalaev. You might think that's too quick, Jed, but in a previous show I had already called my shot. Ankalaev's last fight, I said I said he will. I didn't just say he'll get the winner of this fight. I had called he will fight Jamal Hill after Jamal Hill beats uh, Tiago Santos. So I have to stick with that. I, I can't go that's away from fair. it. Yeah, I've had a whole plan here. Uh, and also, it just kind of I, again. And I said this when I made the, the Ankalaev pick. It's like it's it just sucks for Ankalaev because I it somehow still feels like he hasn't done enough. Winning nine straight fights in the UFC somehow isn't enough. Um, and yet, if you ask most fans, they'll kind of like agree. Like they'll just be like, "Yeah, I don't know why he's not jumping off the page." Again, some of those performances weren't that exciting, which hurts him. Now there's this again this win over Anthony Smith, which I thought was pretty convincing. But because there was an injury involved, now a lot of people are going to say, oh, you know, what was going to happen? I'm like, pretty sure we knew it was going to happen. It was going to end in a TKO anyway. But um, again, there's just a little bit of a cloud over it. So he has to fight again. I think he So here's my Jamal question. Hill. What does that mean for the light heavyweight title picture, specifically for Jan Blahovich? Because it seems like the inertia now is for Yuri Prohashka to rematch Glover Teixeira. Yes. It's a fight that I'm about. okay with. Um Jan is is trying to to fight it because the reason I would not have I I would not say Ankalaev is I just assume Ankalaev and Blahovich are going to be fighting in a number one contender fight, probably on the undercard of the Yuri Glover fight, mm-hmm. which that and that's sort of where I'm at. But if if you're going Ankalaev to to Jamal Hill, which I'm honestly on the merits totally okay, especially if that is a number one contender fight, I'm even more okay with it. But just where does that leave Jan Jan Blahovich? I do wonder if Jan can wait. It's probably not the best plan. I you wonder mean for if a title fight for the Prohashka to share a winner. Do you th- if if they did if they do this though if they do Arnclay of Jamal Hill and Jan waits? Do you think Jan's still in front of oh, the Arnclay of Hill? It, it would all that's the- my big thing is I'm okay with Arnclay having to fight one more to get a title fight ten mm-hmm. in a row. Granted. 
I want to be extremely clear. Nobody other than John Jones has ever done that in the UFC's light heavyweight division. Nobody has won nine in a row. Ten in a row is only extending that. But based on what he's, how it's shaken out, who he's beaten, I understand the, the need or impulse for him to fight one more. But him fighting two more or fighting Jamal Hill and then having to wait six, eight months, that is a lot tougher of a pill for me to swallow. That's uh, welcome to welcome to the UFC, pal. I mean, that is uh, they don't you're going to take your medicine. And you're going to like it. You, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, yes. I, it does feel weird to say I don't know who's gonna, who Jan Blahovich is going to fight next. Uh, I'm trying to let me let me let me do a quick search back. What I said after the Rockage fight for Blahovich. Uh, well, I assume after that we just thought he was going to get the title fight because it looked like I did he not. wasn't going to rematch Glover. Oh, did I, you? Okay. No, I for some reason said he's going to fight Anthony Smith after he loses to Ankalaya. That's obviously not going to happen now because Anthony Smith is injured. So uh, It's not. I, I would actually like that a lot better. If I'm being honest, I don't feel like Jan Blahovic deserves to be in the title conversation. In this, like, I, I would say Ankalaev deserves a, a title shot more than Jan does, which is why I think Ankalaev deserves a title shot more than any, He deserves a title shot more than anybody. Whether well, like, there's that deserves word again, though. Yeah. Well, um, deserve does have nothing to do with it. You're right. Uh, and our, uh, Mike has had the strength to send in picks. Uh, his heart was broken, I know, because he wanted what a Jac- hero. Yeah. He wanted Jacoby to fight Dominic Reyes so badly after Jacoby's last win. He said, This is the guy. This is the guy to welcome Reyes back. And then, as we've talked about, Jacoby is, is, is fighting Khalil Roundtree. That fights off the table. So now Mike is saying uh, Dominic Reyes and Jamal Hill, which I think also makes a lot of sense. I mean, it makes sense. I just, it's really unfortunate that we're just killing Dominic Reyes. It's like that, that's what that feels like. <laughs> I mean, I, he's going to have to fight someone when he comes. It's, I, 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 it's not going like, to be an easy fight no matter who he comes. Let him go back. back. It doesn't have they to be an do easy that. fight. It doesn't have to be Jamal Hill is a I, tough fight. I know. I wish it was. Listen, I wish the like, world. Let Dominic Reyes fight Volkan Ozdemir. Let him do that. Well, again, Volkan Ozdemir is like booked. Much... Ozdemir is fighting Krilov, so they're both, he's booked. Oh, I forgot yeah, they already booked right. that. Yeah, he's booked. So Johnny oh, Walker. Yeah, oh, Jamal no, Hill he, is going to fight the winner of that fight. Did he That's what's going to happen. Did he beat? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, I saw that as an option too. But the problem is he'll have to wait a bit because that's October, I think. I think that's the October pay-per-view. So it's a bit of a wait. It's a bit of a wait. If you're Jamal Hill, you probably mm. want to get back in there. But uh, he's a smart guy too. Yeah, you're right. I think I think now that he maybe, he's, maybe they can run it back with Paul Craig. I saw that as an option as well. Uh, it's not for me. It's not far enough away in the past. But if you're Jamal Hill, you probably want that one back. You probably think it's a winnable oh, fight. Jamal Hill wants that one back. Can we just? I just want to note this. Just has nothing really to do with this, but I feel like someone needs to say it. Okay. Paul Craig. Uh huh. Paul Craig is now solely responsible for the not the two most fun light heavyweight prospects in years. Yep. Not having pretty much undefeated records. He's a big. He's a big like, Scottish in wrench. Fights he was going, yeah, just a big Scottish wrench <laughs> in the because like you talk about the Uncle Ive Hill fight, like that fight's a great fight, and we're gonna see it someday, a hundred percent. Think about booking that fight right now if both of them had just not lost to Paul Craig, especially the way Uncle Ive did in the literal last second of the fight, mm-hmm. and Hill was winning the fight until he just wasn't. Like, think about what that fight looks like. Because that's, like, that's the kind of number one contender fight we salivate over. Two undefeated hotshot prospects coming in there, duking it out for the chance to fight Yuri Prahashka for the belt. Like, that is the stuff legends are made of. And Paul Craig, big Scottish ruiner of fun. 
your big Scottish lug. Um, he's kind of created a little bit of a, not too much of a, a jam at light heavyweight because of those two wins. Uh, again, Ankalaev has done enough since then. Thankfully, that it's not it doesn't you know it doesn't matter anymore. I'm sure everyone has Ankalaev ranked way ahead of Paul Craig. Um, but this next fight we're going to talk about Jed uh, Jeff Neal versus Vicente Luque. This really screwed up my rankings. Okay, so we'll talk about that in a second. First, I'll I'll throw out my pick. I'm so sorry for you. I I, I want I want to see if we're all on the same page with this, Jed, because uh, Mike and I do a thing where we if we have the same pick, it hasn't happened too often since we implemented this. Much like your uh, you think- and Connor's Wolfpack. What was it? Wolfpack Wager. Wolfpack Wager. Yeah, Wolfpack Wager. I think we're going to be friends forever here. We're going to be friends forever? Okay. I Uh, think so. All right. Should we do it under the count of three? Or does that make it too awkward if if we're wrong? No. Okay, because Mike and I had the same same pick. I feel like this is one we talked before we filmed. Some of these seem so obvious. I think this is one. It's going to be one, two, three, and go. Okay, not not go on three. One, two, three. Okay. We already well, screwed it up. Gilbert Burns, everybody. Gilbert Burns is is friends the... forever. <laughs> uh, that count. Oh, wow, a triple friends forever. That's exciting. Yeah, this I is. I mean, this... just go ahead. It's a tight knit bond. Tight knit bond of friendship. It's, Explain why it's this is obvious. Jeff, Jeff Neal called for it. I mean, Luke and Burns, training partners. Burns not booked. Luke. Uh, was very highly ranked in the UFC's rankings. Let me pull that up and look at it right now. I think he was a, he's top six. Burns is four. Really? This win for Neil is going to bump him probably to replace Luke at six. Something in there. And it, it just makes way too much sense. Gilbert Burns is not going to say no to anybody. And there's not a ton of obvious opponents for Gilbert Burns outside of it, right? With I mean, maybe Colby Covington, but Colby Covington's obviously got his extracurricular stuff that's going on right now. Uh, Leon Edwards fighting for the title, Chmaev, you know, all, all of that. So I think it just makes way too much sense. Now, i got to do a little bit of rankings talk here, a little bit. Uh, I don't want to turn this into okay. a ranking show. I think this will be easier for you because I think, again, you can sort of, you're going to, you can sort of extrapolate, like, after seeing Jeff Neal, how he handled Luke on, you know, on Saturday, how, like, who who could he beat, like, in your rankings, right? So for me, it's... Met- it's way easier for me because Luke is low in my rankings. I, I have him at 12. Is, you have so him at this 12. is not a big change for me. Okay. You have him at 12. Uh, I'm looking at your rankings personally. Yeah, you're okay. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you'll have yeah. any, like, weird contradictions. So for me, it's... No, it's, it would have been we- simple. For, for, well, it's weird for me because, so he... You don't have Neil Magny either, right? Nor do I. No, Magni, Jeff Neal and Neil Magny are both just outside. Sure. They're in my top 20. But, like, how do we reconcile this? Because Magny pretty convincingly beat Neil um, not that long ago. This would have been last year. This was in May of last year. So, about, whatever, 12, uh, sorry, 14 months, something like that. Um, That's not a long time. Like, it, it, it almost feels harsh. So, here's the cluster biff I've got going on at 170 in that area-ish. I have now. This is what I've decided on. Uh, Magni at thirteen, Chiesa at twelve. Chiesa beat Magni. I have Sean Brady in there. I know you have him higher, so this is easier for you. It's not. He's not part of that cluster. Vicente Luque, and then Jeff Neal because Luque beat Chiesa, but then then Jeff Neal beat Luque just now. But then it goes and then it loops around though because Magni beat Neal. So yeah, now I've got I'm the, this. You've got the rock paper. Scissors I've got a whole mess. On. Yeah, yeah. So I decided though that that Neal was convincing enough that I'm like, you know what? He's convinced his and his overall record, pretty strong. Um, so I'm like, I'm kind of okay with just giving him Luque's spot. It's just the easiest way to sort this out because, yeah. yeah. That's Where how you... I, I always just sort it in those situations mostly with whoever won 
more recently that yeah you have to that moves to the top of the of the wheel just because part of my view is that part of rankings the rankings are obviously incredibly subjective and don't have a lot to do don't really have much bearing on anything but so so for me i largely view them as a snapshot of a moment in time so people can look and just sort of have an idea of like okay here's where maybe this isn't exactly where everybody lines up perfectly but like here's tiered out where people are, et cetera. And I want to reward people who have recently done well, because that matters. That feels more of the moment. So that's sort of how I solve it, but I don't have these issues because Luke is going to maybe hang on to the 15 spot this year, this this month for me. It won't, it won't affect our rankings. This is more my personal rankings, which are just UFC because in our rankings, which includes all promotions uh, several of those names I mentioned. Yeah. Several of those names I mentioned, I do not have in my, again, all promotions rankings, but so that was more of a UFC only issue. So I guess fortunately for the purpose of the site, it won't matter. But uh, so do you think you'll have him? Obviously he's going to bump Luke down. So are you just going to bump everyone else down one? Is this, is the end of Logan Storley in your rankings for now? Or do you bump out Kiesa? Do you bump Kiesa all the way it's, up? It, it, may be, uh, it may be the end of uh, Vicente Luque. He may just drop out um, just because I, it, it's questionable because of the win over Kiesa. Right. So I, I, I haven't I have figured it out. Yeah, exactly. we'll cross that bridge. too much time we have thinking weeks. about it. But we have weeks. We have weeks to, to do you, that. Yeah. You also know the way I do my rankings is how who I would project in a fight tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I got to say that fight made me reconsider where Luke is as a, as a welterweight competitor and do no fault of his own. But I, I picked Neil going into that fight and I sort of said at the time, you know, I think this fight's pretty close to 50, 50, but Luke just got a lot more, a lot more wear on the tires. You know, he's not an old man, but he's been fighting for 13 something years and, and hard fighting too. You know, it's not like Vicente Luque had easy wins. He fought a, ton of absolute killers and got hurt in a lot of those fights and he's just been pulling it out and against Jeff Neal obviously couldn't does make me think you guys said it on the post show and I totally agreed I think it was you that said it maybe it feels harsh because very recently he was one fight away from a title fight or whatever but I kind of think Vicente Luque is now just in the fun fight category Mm -hmm. you just you just pick fun ones for him because that's whatever miles he's got left we should be having fun with because He's one of the most fun fighters we've had in a long time. It, I feel if we don't get uh, like Luke Robbie Lawler, something went horribly wrong. You know what I mean? I feel like that has to happen in this timeline Ooh. before it's all said and done, right? Um, Ooh, oh, I hope that wasn't that, your wild card. I hope I didn't step on your wild it, card pick. I apologize. It, it wasn't though. Luke may be my wild card selection, but I okay. didn't. I didn't have Lawler in there, but I love that fight. Okay, Jed, let's get to the meat of this pot. Let's get to what the people came oh, to for. the important stuff. The Ultimate Fighter Thirty finale. Final it, fights. I have a feeling we might be, we might be like together on at least one of these, just because one of them seemed really obvious. At least I know a lot of the listeners agreed as well. But all right, we'll start with Muhammad Usman. We'll start with Mo because mine are. I'll be honest. I want to tell the listeners. Are this. they pretty esoteric? This is the one that I had the the toughest time oh. with right here. Like, but it's an open win. It's an open field. You can pick you, like anything. Well, I know, but this isn't my bag. You guys are much more than matchmakers <laughs> and stuff. Like, I, I'm i just like, ooh, I don't care. Just throw them in there. Let's see what happens. Unless it's guys who are jockeying for title positions. If you're outside of the rankings or near the rankings, which both of these winners are, 
I don't care, just mash bodies together until some cream rises to the top. But that sounded I do that think, sounded so filthy. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um anyway, moving past that, I do think that for this first one, I might we might I might have picked one that seems obvious, so then maybe okay. we can have another friends well, forever. First, let me ask. I need a little uh, no bets barred preview here. Did did, did Mo Uzman and Zach Paga blow off any of your parlays? Uh, as it did my uh, theoretical that... my theoretical parlay yes. because I don't bet I don't bet obviously. But if I did, Mo... I would be furious. <laughs> Mo Usman did, um, and I gotta say I had immediate regrets because as we talked on no bets barred, bet Pauga. Basically, because weeks and weeks ago you told me to just bet against Mo Usman. Mo Usman, <laughs> listen, un, unprovoked. Listen, I want to be clear, listeners. I apologize. He okay. reached out to me and was like, "I don't know if he's hold in on. the finals and whoever he's facing, just bet against him. He's listen, awful." I listen. I, hold on, that's not the words that you are. Listen, listen. I I I, I, I might have paraphrased. I've already apologized in the post fight show. I will apologize again for anyone who listened who who listened to my advice that was that was shared by you on the most recent episode of No Bets Barred. Sure was. I picked both Ultimate Fighter finales wrong. I get it. I'm supposed to be the Ultimate Fighter guy. I should be good at these. I don't know what went wrong. I still on paper stand by these picks somewhat. I think. Mo Usman did not look good in that first round. I'm sorry, Zach Paga. It wasn't like a dominant first round, but I think pretty clear ten nine. I think I think one of the judges gave it to uh, to Mo Usman though. So maybe I'm maybe I'm remembering it wrong. But I thought Paga looked pretty good. I didn't. See, I wasn't seeing much from Usman. Uh, a little uh, inside baseball here. We were having a little discussion on our Slack about who were the what is the biggest gap between a, a discussion started by me, by the way. Biggest gap in talent it, between brothers in the UFC. I was obviously taking. Some it was search. incredible. We were having. We don't. This we don't discussion. need to name all the names. We don't need to name all the names. We were having this discussion yeah. right as Mo Usman obliterated, <laughs> smoked him with a beautifully timed counter, just a gorgeous counter. So I apologize to people for the wrong picks. I apologize to Mo Usman for all the slander because I've interviewed Mo. Mo's a super nice guy. Um, I'm. I'm really, really happy for him. I'm uh, not confident in slander. So here's the thing. I was very critical. Like, I've been very critical of his performances on the Ultimate Fighter and uh, even on the PFL. His I PFL assume, fight. So, but I assume that you're correct because here's this is what I this is what I was going to say. I immediately regretted having power gain a parlay because <laughs> I did not watch a second of the Ultimate Fighter this season. I relied entirely on you and everything you said. I think is still true. I'm not confident that Mo Usman is good, but I tweeted it out last hey. night because. I felt a sinking, sinking feeling as soon as the commentary team was like, you know, Pauga says that Mo Usman is, he's just an awful fighter. All <laughs> like, he's just, he's just athletic and powerful, but he has no technique. And I was like, oh, this dude's about to get wrecked. I forgot, Jed. Because our, it doesn't our, matter. Our favorite thing we always talk about about heavyweights. If you're a plus athlete at heavyweight, you're a threat. You are. If you're a plus a athlete, if you are athletic and powerful, especially at heavyweight, it super doesn't matter if you're technical. Derek Lewis, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for and think is a much better fighter than people give him credit for, most of his career, well, he didn't win because of the little technical things he did, right? Have you ever seen that man stand up? After he gets taken down, he just stands up. Yeah. He does not do any kind of tech. He's just like he's a nah, very good athlete. I'm getting up now. He's a very he's good a athlete. super people, good yeah. athlete. People look at him and go, like, "Oh, he's kind of a big like he's got a big like big." Kind no. of, you know, he's not like super muscular. He's a really he's good athlete. Unbelievable! One of the better athletes in the entire sport. Agree, and that's all that matters. Like, and that I mean, that's exactly what we saw there. Like that counter left 
not a big shot, not a big swing, just a little chopping, like just a little baby check left hook, essentially, that put him down. And it was just like, oh, yeah, he's just athletic and powerful. And, like, he knows how to do very, very basic stuff like that. And he saw a window and his body reacted and ping, on the button, done. And the hammer fist, whoo. And I was just like, oh, like, of course, this guy's admitting that he's not as good an athlete. He's obviously going to lose. Whether our our anal- pre fight analysis was correct or not about uh, Mohamed Usman's skills, he was good enough. He was certainly good enough to win the Ultimate Fighter. So congratulations to him. Great moment with him and Kamaru, the first brothers ever to did win. Did he get the a bonus? Fighter. Did he get a bonus? He did. I would yes, assume he did. so. Um, there was three, was three absolutely three performance bonuses. Uh, poor Sergey Spivak didn't get one despite begging for it, which always works, of course. And Cor McKenna did not get one either for the first you, Von Flew uh, by a woman in UFC You should history. never beg for the money. It's never. I don't know why. Co- it's never worked. It literally never does. I it's don't so know sad. why teams haven't taught their fighters not to beg for the money because, like... It just doesn't look good in any way. Conor McGregor one time. <laughs> yeah, 50 G's, baby, yeah. If you ask for it afterwards, they all like they it feels like they make a point of not giving you the money. Like, yeah, which also makes sense because it makes them actively look bad to have fighters begging for money. So I don't know. Jed, Jed, we got to. He's not the one who got screwed. McKenna got screwed. Big time. Okay, Like, like, why three? Why not even do the even number four? Jed, we got to make some picks here. Uh, Mike said Josh Prezian. A lot of listeners did too. Hmm. I said the Martin Budai versus Lukas Brzezewski loser. <laughs> That's going. I went very specific with this. Uh, that's next week UFC San Diego. I, I don't know what you came up with for Mo. Oh, I I took the low hanging fruit. Give me give me ham sandwich. Give me ham di Abdel Wahab. Abdel Wahab. Just sure. coming just, off just, fought, of, just one. Yeah. Literally just fought, brand new to the heavyweight, very raw. I mean, I picked it because he's basically the same as Usman. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a reason to think he could be good. Usman has the last name Usman and hyper-athletic Hamdi, Olympian, but super raw. Um, You know, Hamdi's with the whole George Masvidal squad. I don't know if he trains with them, but I just know he, like, fought with Icon, and so Masvidal's super high on him. And then there's the, the classic ATT versus... Um, Henry Hooft, et cetera, camp from thing. Like, it just, I don't know. It seemed very obvious to me. I like it, yeah. Give me two big old athletic dudes. There's so many ways you can go, and I think that's the right... And, and I like Hamdi, too, so it's not even. It's not like, oh, this is someone Usman run over. It's like, it's like this is two no, guys new to I the heavyweight see. division. Let's see what we have. Maybe Mo Usman knocks two him out. Two dudes who are much more athleticism and talent sure. than skill at this point. And so just... Just Matt, see what happens. Now, arguably the more impressive of the two, Juliana Miller uh, from the Ultimate Fighter finale. She won the Women's Flyweight Tournament with a, uh, a late TKO finish of uh, Brogan Walker, Invictus FC veteran Brogan Walker, in a fight that Miller pretty much dominated. <laughs> I mean, and, and just not to harp again on my other pre-fight analysis stuff, I'm still pretty confident that Walker is like the better, more well-rounded fighter. Like, she's a better striker and all that. Um, but not. she had... Are maybe one of the most confusing game plans I've seen. Now, with respect to Walker and her team, Walker knows more about actual fighting than I ever will. Of course, you guys know this. Her team as well. It was um, confusing to see her repeatedly to have like have a little bit of success in the feet and then clinch up and then have Miller literally just pretty much fall on top of her every time, like right into mount or half into her half guard. Uh, Jed, again, you certainly know more fighting about, about fight, actual fighting than I do. You've trained. You've trained quite a bit. Uh, what was what 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 the hell was that? 
It was historically bad fight IQ. This is the one I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> what more was upset that? with. Because, like, I get the Pauga Usman thing from your uh-huh. side. But, and, I, again, I didn't watch tough, so I don't know if this just didn't manifest itself on the season. But when I came to you and was like, oh, who should I bet here? Like, what should I do? I was like, I kind of feel like Juliana Miller. She's way younger. She obviously has, like, one very good skill. And I usually just want to bet on talent to rise sure. to the occasion as it improves. And you were like, nah, Brogan Walker, I very much believe in her experience. Um, I think she's a better yes. striker, and she's more experienced. It's a little too much too soon for Juliana Miller. And then Brogan Walker was not experienced. She did. She is, ex- she is experienced. I don't know why. I mean, she's by definition, like she is. But like, you expect experience to manifest itself in wise decision making, uh, or at least not catastrophic decision making, because she was winning on the field. Like, you are absolutely correct. And in that, in the first round, I can understand doing it. Like, you get the clinch, and it sort of happens, and you're just in there fighting, and it happens. And But then you take that as a lesson, and you go back and go, man, I almost lost that. Okay, and your corner tells you we need to set the range and get the hands going. And you come out in the second round, you're doing that. And then you clinch. You're like, what are you doing? Why are you doing it this time? You're winning. You are punching her in the face, and now you're losing again. And then a third time. It's just, I don't know what was going on. Maybe her brain just was having a, a brain fart, but... It was a tough, tough showing of fight IQ. For it was sure. a tough, tough finale for Brogan Walker. She was Julian Miller was literally jet falling on to, on top of her. Just, 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 just. Oh, you're clinching me. I'm just gonna lean forward with all my weight, and I'm gonna fall, hook a leg, and just fall on top of you and get on top of this and. and do Brogan some Walker damage. went to a UD with Aaron Blanchfield. Yes. Not that long ago. She beat Aaron Miranda Blanchfield. Maverick a long time ago. <laughs> four years ago. Yeah, still. Ran, I mean, that, that was a while ago. But that was like, a long, four years ago. Aaron Blanchfield. Nice I have Aaron Blanchfield in my top 10 at, uh-huh. in like the division. And she just couldn't figure out how not to give Juliana Miller exactly the fight she wanted. Let's give Juliana and let's let's give Juliana Miller all the credit. In the Miller world. looked great. Yeah, took advantage of all the situations. She she entered with reputation being a very strong grappler, great striking, great aggressive instincts, uh, and got and went for that finish. You know, and got one for the finish and got her. She was really a, close to getting it in the first round too. Yeah, I think yeah. if there were 20, 20 more seconds, she's she's getting the sub in the and, first uh, round. Like she and, looked uh, great. What was the second round with the choke? They were near, I think it was the second round, right? Was that, choke? was that the second round? Round two, yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. I went the, the... Didn't she have an arm triangle at the end of round one? Oh, maybe. So it was like all three rounds. So the first both yeah. two rounds... She, she was just tuning finish, her and up, and she yeah. kept getting into the thing. It was it was super weird. It's a real showcase. It's a real showcase for Juliana Miller for being out. So good for her again. Congratulations, Juliana Miller. Uh, and the DX crotch chop. I'm sorry. I, I approve. I approve. I know. I, I, I know I can be inconsistent with like saying when it's okay for people to celebrate and... I like the crotch chop. I like the uh, the Patty Pimblet quasi teabagging. I'm sorry. I approve of this stuff. I think it's okay. Um, you know, Brogan Walker and her team, I'm sure they could have a different opinion of it. But uh, I, I appreciate a good uh, crotch chopping. DX crotch chopping. More importantly, who do you approve of her fighting next? Because okay. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I just oh, picked sorry. a you name out of a hat here, Did basically. You? Was that name Victoria Leonardo? No. Well, that's oh. a fine one. Was it Hannah Gold? No. No, the, that what? actually might make more sense. Who was his uh, name? I pick, I pick Courtney Casey. Whoa. I would also accept. I also would accept Luana Carolina. Uh, Courtney Casey, so much more experienced. And if we've seen how 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 big an experience, what a difference it makes in these fights, Jeff. <laughs> well, 
Well, one, to, to steal Jamal Hill's line, you got to stop talking about experience. You never experienced anything like me. Okay. Juliana Miller, that's those, exactly something she would say, too. Yeah. <laughs> Courtney Casey and Luana Carolina were very specific choices. Luana okay. Carolina, because she can't really grapple at all. No. And so that gives Miller like a great chance to do that. And Courtney Casey is the one that I would choose if I were doing it. Because Courtney Casey is a good athlete. Uh-huh. But also, um, Courtney Casey has been known to have really bad fight IQ. <laughs> and so while she probably should win a fight on the merits there, she is also someone who would go for a tie up and a head and arm toss and then is playing a grappling game with Miller. And, you know, I just, I don't think there's any wrong way to go here just because wow. the tough, it feels like that with either of the tough ones, but Courtney Casey isn't close to the rankings. Really? She's top 25 ish. If that I, I do not have her in, and see what I happens. Do, I do not have her in my top. Say, I don't even know if she's that. She's holding down the thirty spot in my personal uh, UFC only rankings. Uh, six and nine yeah. in the UFC across two weight divisions. So she's fought at she's fought at uh, strawweight and flyweight. She's a flyweight now. Uh, ten and ten overall for a record. Five hundred fighter coming off a loss. It's she's not crazy. Suppo- you kind of shocked she's me. She's supposed to be a better fighter. She, too, absolutely, because I have always so, thought that Courtney Casey has the talent to yes. do more. But her fight IQ has kept her from doing more. Yeah. So that's why I was like, yeah. I don't know. Juliana Miller just beat somebody with bad fight IQ. Say, Let's run it back. I was going to say, I thought Brogan Walker was a much better fighter than Juliana Miller, too. And uh, I'll say, at least on Saturday, she was not, definitively. Anyway, so yes, I went with uh, Victoria Leonardo, as a lot of others did uh, in the picks, listener picks. Mike went with the Hannah Goldie. But yeah, it's anywhere kind of in that cluster. That, but that's ambitious. Yeah. Caroline, I think of the four names we just mentioned, I actually think Carolina is maybe the most likely. I think Carolina probably is the most. I, I want to be clear. That was a me choosing what I'd like to see as the Casey. I don't think the UFC books Casey. I think Carolina actually is very, very possible. Okay. I like it. I like it. She's coming off a loss. I don't think they view Carolina as anything more than a card filler. And I, I think that they would eat, they can feel confident that Miller will win that fight and can build Miller. Uh, Sergey Spivak. Uh, someone I, I thought Sakai could pull the upset here. I thought that uh, he could have t- his takedown defense would hold up. Uh, it did not, Jed. His takedown defense did not hold up. Uh, Spivak is a friggin' animal. Not even a little bit. Not even, not even a little not bit. Not even a <laughs> so, little bit. It's not as much as takedown defense. It's like he's a good grappler. I thought, like, okay, he'll be able to, like, at least get, like, get taken down, yeah, but, but get Sakai out of trouble. Has had, Sakai has historically been okay at defending takedowns. He gave yeah. up, like, six on seven attempts or something. Spivak is really good. Little. Spivak is really good. I wonder. So again, Mike and I had another friends forever moment. This is the first time we've had like two friends forever moments, and he's not even on the show. I think he'll be with us. I don't. Uh, this one was the hardest person for me to pick, actually. One, because two, three. Chris Dacus. Oh no, I went to Eric Lewis. Okay, it's good that you didn't. Do, we didn't try to do the synchronized. Yeah, I I didn't think we were going to be aligned. I briefly thought about Chris Dacus, and I don't hate that fight. Um, I don't know. I was just trying to find uh, this one was really tough because I think there's a lo- no wrong way to eat this Reese's either. Really, like part of me would love a Romanov Spivak grappler just delight. I know Romanov is is scheduled to face Marcin Tabera, but I think we all assume he's going to beat Marcin Tabera. But I I don't know. I think Spivak is going to crack into the UFC's top fifteen this month, and I guess Chris Dawkins probably is. That's probably what's going to happen. If we're being honest, like that does seem like that's the fight they're going to make. You you do have me thinking though, because listen, let's be honest. Derek Lewis has been used recently as the young heavyweight up and comer litmus test. That was um, exactly my thought, right? 
uh, uh, Chris Dacus did not pass it. Uh, Sergei Pavlovich did. Tied to Ivasa did. Where would where would Sergei and... Spivak fit in that um, hierarchy? I am curious to know. And uh, Derek Lewis is, has been used for that purposes yeah. lately. Yeah. Was exactly my thought. And it's like Spivak is going to try and take Lewis down, and he can. Lewis has been taken down, mm-hmm. but yep. that's a much more advantageous fight for Derek Lewis, I think, to not. Spivak, if Spivak is stuck on the feet with him, Lewis is probably just going to clobber him. So it it's back to a fight that he's had a lot of success with, you know, the Curtis Blades, et cetera. Like he he at least knows the rules of that fight as opposed to maybe he just comes out and gets clobbered like Pavlovich did or et cetera. So I would love but to see I think it. I think you guys are right on Dawkins. I think that probably is what happens. Sure. Yeah, that's more of a not necessarily a magic wand pick. That's more of like a yeah, what what we th- what I think will happen. I'm not sure where, where Mike was uh, was coming from, but that's more of like a yeah, putting myself in the actual matchmaker's shoes. Um but yeah, I do like the idea of Spivak, as we talked about before, the Derek Lewis uh F U F U Jitsu get up style. I'd love to see yeah, how Spivak dude. especially if it's a five rounder. Five rounder? Hmm. Yeah. Spivak <laughs> scores a takedown, Derek Lewis is just like, No, I'm standing <laughs> up now. What are you going to do about and it? And that's something Sakai <laughs> could just not how do. We go. Sakai, a, a fine, skilled fighter, not a, not someone I would describe as a plus athlete. So. No, no. He is like, Sakai is exactly the middle of heavyweight athleticism. Mm-hmm. He is not a bad heavyweight athlete, but he is the minimum threshold to be a top 20 heavyweight. <laughs> like that's any lower than him, and you really can't be a top 20 heavyweight yeah. uh, from an athletic standpoint. But he is not, he is by no means plus. Now, the young man who uh, was given an opportunity to open the main card after a couple of uh, fights fell through, Terrence McKinney. Jed, are you excited about picking a fight for this guy? Let me. I want to hear. I want to hear what you got first for uh, for T Rex T Rex whatever. This is a magic wand pick because I don't think they'll do it. But we talked about it in the Slack afterwards. McKinney called for it. I like the Patty Pimblet fight. Yeah. I think that fight makes a ton of sense. It does. I think that fight would be super fun. I have been very down on Patty Pimblett. I will admit his most recent performance hasn't made me completely reevaluate him, but it does makes me think that he's better than I was maybe giving him credit for. And while McKinney is a better athlete, and I certainly think has a, a lot of an opportunity to succeed more uh, in that fight, I, I would favor him in that fight. McKinney is super raw. Patty is, is a tough guy. He is going to bite down the mouthpiece and go to war. And I think it's just a really fun matching up of prospects. And if we're not going to do Patty Pimblett versus Tony Ferguson, which I honestly am pretty in for, <laughs> but I know Mike is very against that particular fight. If we're not going to do it, I think you do a whole lot worse. I have a backup, you know, as well, but I, I would do the Patty Pimblett fight. I'm so boring. I didn't go in that direction, um, but I, I do like it. And let, and let me be clear: I am very much of the camp that um, I don't care if Patty Pimblett loses because it's. I kind of it's weird. I hear hear people giving it both I'm also ways. Not sure it matters if he does. It, it doesn't. But I, I like people who are sort of detractors of how um, of his career, kind of saying like, "Oh, he needs to stay undefeated." I'm like, does he? Like, it helps. It's cool. It's cool if like if he racks up four straight five and zero. Oh it definitely two. helps. It helps a lot. But to, if he lost to a guy like McKinney, I don't think it would hurt him that much. I think he is famous That's enough. the thing. That that was my exact thought, is that mm. if he loses to McKinney, so it's a much more palatable loss. Yeah. And we, I think we all think McKinney has at least the raw materials to be some sort of a star to get interest because he's done it well. So if he does win, get him a little springboard off Patty, maybe get him build him a little bit bigger. So that's why I like the fight. 
Uh, again, I went in a boring direction. Um, there's a fight happening next week at Leonardo Santos versus Jared Gordon. I think the winner of that would be fun. It'd be interesting because... It's a fun fight. It's a fun... Yeah, it'd be fun. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of bringing McKinney along slowly. I don't know why. Like, maybe maybe the Dober thing made me recalibrate my expectations. Though, I did say in the post-fight show, I expect uh, McKinney to be challenging for a UFC title by 2024. So, I don't know. But that's a long ways away. I want to see him face some more... Uh, matchups with against guys that are sort of in his range rankings wise different styles Leonardo Santos uh, would be an interest, very interesting challenge for him he's also almost old enough to be like uh, to be uh, uh, Terrence McKinney's father he's very old uh, 42 42 years young I should say I'm sorry Leonardo Santos is very young and vital still um, but that'd be a definitely an interesting challenge and uh, Mike went, went with one Mr. Alexander Hernandez which I, I also like oh, those are all fine I mean like this is Again, no wrong way to eat this Reese's. Lightweight is awesome. You pick anybody in the neighborhood. My other one, the other choice that I had that I I really think the fight would be great is, and it's another old guy. You know, you went for Leandro Santos. Give me Carlos Diego Ferreira. How do you feel about that one? Oh. So he was so supposed to fight yeah. at 277. I know he got injured. I don't know what that injury is, so I don't know how long he's anticipated to be mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. Um, But... I kind of really like that fight. If outside of what it all means, it just seems like a really fun fight to me. There's a lot of good directions you can go with McKinney. I don't, I don't mind Diego Pereira at all. I think it's a winnable fight. I think it's a fight that if he loses it, it's it just, again just kind of gives us an, a gauge of like, oh, okay. So he couldn't quite get past the Drew Dobers, couldn't quite get past the Diego Pereiras. Again, only 27 years old, um, just getting to his athletic prime. Then you can sort of recalibrate. But uh, for now, though. Uh, Man, if and if you got that win, be huge. You be again Diego Pajeda, or as Mike suggested, Alexander Hernandez, or as I suggested, like Leonardo Santos type. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Jed, wild card no time. wrong way. Wild card Ooh. time. Do you want to Ooh, go first? Or do, you want me, do you want me to go first? I want you to go first because I picked two different fighters with wild cards, and I don't want us to double up. So Okay, let me, sorry, let, so, go so, first. let me make sure I got Mike's pick here. Sorry, I wrote down. I took the notes. I took my mic note. Yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, I will lead off then. I will lead off first, and maybe I'll, go, I'll, let, I'll let you go second, and I'll let... Non-existent might go last. 
I, w- I really wanted to make something happen for Myra Breno Silva. Her, her outpouring of emotion afterwards really touched my heart. You could tell she was, I mean, I think just winning was exciting. I think she liked winning. But just the whole situation was I mean, kind of frustrating. With some help. With some help. One with one some help. There was no tap. There was no tap. Very, one very attentive judge was on the ball. One out of three judges, that's all it took. And she is officially a winner by first round submission. 77 seconds. Um, and yeah, and, it, and it, listen, we've all been in those scenarios where like, ah, oh, it's kind of overwhelming and like, ah, oh, it's so confusing. What happened? Like, why am I being accused of something? It happens. So she got emotional and, and, and I think she she deserves mention on this show. I, I hope being mentioned on this show can help her get, get, through her, get her through this difficult time. So I'm actually giving her a pretty big fight. She's now uh, 2-0 and at Bantamweight, I believe. She uh, moved up from 125 and is now 2-0 and uh, in this new division. I assume she plans to you stay here. You are correct. Wu Yanan, Stephanie Egger. Those are her wins. Let's step it up. Let's step it up. She's been in the UFC for a bit. For her eighth, I want to say her eighth, oh, seventh fight, excuse me. I want the Sarah McMahon, Aspen Ladd winner. They fight September 17th. The uh, winner? The winner. The winner. Yes. Oh, Listen, okay. uh, McMahon is... Uh, at that stage where again, she can't be picky with fights. I mean, I think she's still a really high level women's bantamweight, but she's, she's up there in age. I think her job is to face these younger challengers and see what they're made of. And if should lad win lad has still has a lot of rehab to do career wise as far as from, from the lofty peak of like her pr- cracking the top 10 people saying she was so close to a title shot. She's well away now and she's not above fighting uh, someone like Myra Breno Silva. So I don't mind her fighting either of those ladies, whoever wins on uh, September 17th. Okay. Um, I should have known you would pick a fight like that. So I'm going to, from our wild card, I wanted to do Vicente Luque, but we kind of already talked about it. Um, Vicente Luque, Michelle Pajeo would be dope, but that's just my heart pick. I'm going to instead go Mikhail Oleksajic because oh, yeah. dude returned to middleweight. Um, I, we're not here to pretend that Sam Alvey is a tremendous fighter, but Oleksajic, I mean... Really interesting career because his UFC run has all been at light heavyweight. And he beat some good dudes, lost to Dustin Kobe, Jimmy Crute, some of the really bigger, better guys. But I think in middleweight, he can really make some noise. And I want to see it. And Chris Curtis, action man, oh, yes. coming off coming off not a really fun fight, if we're being honest. Like, not his best effort against Jack Hermanson. These two dudes, just let him get in there and get after it because... Chris Curtis is hella fun. And Oleg Sajic, he throws the kitchen sink right out of the gate. That fight would be awesome. Give me that directly into my veins. Yeah, that got thrown out there, uh, and I loved it. Popped out right away. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I loved it. I I will say I kind of want Chris Curtis to return to 170. But again, if you're Chris Curtis, you're probably not feeling like you're like that Jack Hermanson fight. I think he should. It doesn't mean he he can't compete in 185. And also, yeah, he did not lose that fight because of size. He he was smaller though. He, he was noticeably smaller. He was smaller, but it, that's not why he lost because no. his game plan wasn't very good. Yes. And Jack Hermanson fought a very tactical fight. And, and I'm sure he, I'm sure he feels Oleg, the same way. Yeah. And Oleg Sajic isn't even. He's not a huge middleweight. Like let's just be honest. He mm-hmm. was even though he's coming from light heavyweight, he's not that big. Mm-hmm. And I I just think that fight would be awesome, and I just want to see him chuck him. I'm into it. If Chris Curtis wants to give it one more go, 185, that would you know that would be a really good test. If if he loses that fight, then it's like okay, now let's reconsider back to 170. I if mean, he loses that fight, he just has to drop to 170. Yeah, but 
I'm sure he doesn't want to. I'm sure he'd rather. I'm sure he's been enjoying not cutting weight for the last you know year year or so, however long he's been up in, with the UFC. I'm sure he's really enjoyed 185 because, again, cutting weight is stupid. Uh, Mike wanted uh, just jumped right in onto the uh, Brian Battle thing and said Brian Battle, Ian Machado, Gary. It's a good call out. Let's make it happen. Wait, he did call out. Yes, he did. He Gary and uh, Brian Barberina, right? He did. He did I think the Barberina call, call outs better. Sure. He called out Gary. Gary was the one he led with. Yeah. Um, because he was like Gary, you're ducking me. I don't love the Gary call out just because Gary coming off a loss, and like such an emphatic loss. Like, wait, did he? Wait, no, I've got that oh, wrong. No, no, Sorry, no. No. no, he won. He won. My hand up, hand up. That was on me. Okay, no worries. We'll fix it um, post. We'll fix I actually post. don't. I don't. No, no, no. I'm just gonna let that be. That's fine. <laughs> I'm. Uh, look, this isn't my back. I'm stepping in on short notice. Yeah, I'm exactly. Okay I told you. Gary I'm amazed one. it took you this long to make any sort of flub. Uh, you, what a run you were on. Yeah, I'm all right with Ian Gary, but that still might be a bit much. I love the Brian Battle one, even though his call out they spell their names differently is like wrong. I still think that it's he was, fun to have people with the same name fight. He was all over the place uh, uh, with his his. <laughs> I triple I, I I tripled my win. Someone gave ten dollars. I tripled my winnings. I got seventy five dollars. I'm like, okay, I, I don't know how you got there, but you know maybe there's a part of the story you that know? got cut. <laughs> Who can say? All right. Anyway, uh, yes, but uh, Brian Bell, very impressive, by the way, in his first fight at uh, Welter. I was saying on previous show, like, oh, he looked a little drained at the uh, at the wins. And you know what? Maybe uh, the weigh-in process is a struggle, but uh, once he got in that cage, uh, nice, very nice finish. I think it is a struggle, but he did not struggle in cage for that no. is for sure. And Sato, pretty tough to knock. That was only his second knockout loss, I believe, so not an easy guy to put away like that, and especially with maybe one of the best knockouts of the year, so... Uh, good stuff, Brian Battle. All right, Jed. Now you got to sit tight here. All right, so we got we got our our check the tapes segment here. I got to give out some some love for people picking uh, picking fights previously. Uh, we have a listener, Marcus McGahey, who names the shows. He called this one the Oh Bother edition. Uh, Pooh Bear reference. Shoutouts to uh, Brian Battle. So uh, everyone can share in the announcement of uh, Volkan Uzubir versus Nikita Krilov, UC two eighty. Izzy versus Alex Pereira. We all knew that should happen. We all assumed it was going to happen. It looks like it is going to happen now. UFC 281, November 12th. And uh, Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler being targeted. Being targeted is not official. But uh, the gears are certainly in motion for Poirier and Chandler to settle whatever weird grudges they seem to have. Uh, That's also UFC 281. And uh, Matt Schnell and Matthias Nicolau, December 3rd. Really, really big flyweight bout. I'm so looking forward to that one. It's really far ahead. Schnell, Schnell has had many, many fights fall apart in the past. Hopefully that does not happen in this case. I really want to see him fight Nicolau. And, man, if he beats him, we're talking top 10 flyweight uh, match Schnell. So that's December 3rd. And I do want to say I was so close. Myself and one of our regular listeners, Seamus Law, were so close. We both said Andre Arlovsky should fight the winner of a recent bout between... Uh, Marcos Rogerio de Lima and Blagoy Ivanov. Uh, he is fighting one of those guys, but he's fighting the loser of that fight. He's fighting uh, de Lima. He's fighting Pazau on October 29th. So I was so close. So close to nailing a pick. Seamus will get him next time. Uh, now, uh, the listener picks. Guys, we got a lot, and I thought I was going to have more time, but I was blessed, again, to have a guest host today. So thankfully, uh, you guys got to listen to uh, to Jed and not just me reading over picks. I'm sure you would have loved to hear your own picks, but... Um, I will try to get to some here. 
Standard disclaimer, guys. Uh, I'm going to focus. I, I, you're only going to get a point if somehow you're the only person to pick a fight. I know, very hard to do. You may have just made mistakes. People, weight classes. Uh, did these guys fight already? Are, are, is, are, is it a notable injury? We know they're not coming back. Were they released? Could they have already? Have they already been booked? Is it a teammate you messed up with, etc.? Please pay attention to these things. And uh, most importantly, you picked this might be doo-doo. And we don't want to read it. A couple of things. Jed, i got to go in on people here. We had a lot of elect, uh, uh, Michael Alexeychuk light heavyweight matchups. He's a middleweight now. He's a middleweight. No, AK. That is straight doo doo. That is straight doo doo. No, no addendum. No exceptions. That's doo doo, guys. I, I, I'm pretty. If I'm wrong and he takes his next fight at light heavyweight for some reason, uh, on a full notice, on full notice. If he takes a short notice fight at light heavyweight, I see that happening. If he takes a full notice fight at light heavyweight, I apologize. I will clean up the doo doo myself. But right now, everyone, and this was several people, you know who you are, I'm not naming names, who gave him a light heavyweight matchup. Doo-doo. Same, a couple of people, Maeda Bueno Silva versus Alexis Davis. Alexis Davis is not in the UFC roster. All right, we reported that on MMAfighting.com back in February. And you guys are expected to read literally every article on MMAfighting.com, especially if they involve Jake Paul. So I'm very disappointed. It's a really good website. It's a great website. Some, maybe some the best website I've ever seen. it's the best website in the entire world. Of all time. Some people are saying. It's the GOAT website. Um, all right, Jed. So we'll have a lot of consensus picks, a lot, a lot of agreement here. Small Hill versus Anthony Smith was out there, but with the injury, that's a bit weird. What were your thoughts on Neil? Anthony and... Smith isn't fighting for like eight months at the minimum. Listen, I don't know. So that's feel, a terrible like fight. Should wait. Like, I don't know. What do you think about Jeff Neil versus Rachmanov? Oh, I don't... It's fine. Um, my... I guess, I guess because Neil's going to move up. I'm actually okay with that. That fight, I guess the question is how exciting, how excited are we about Jeff Neal as a contender? You know, because if he's fighting backwards against Rachmanov, that Rachmanov's going to win that fight. So that's moving Rachmanov up, is which I'm okay with. Is it that's, backwards though? I mean, in the UFC's rankings, Neil's pro- almost certainly about, just going to. We don't care about I mean, those rankings, baby. I mean, I I care about them for matchmaking standpoints because <laughs> you that's know. what the you UFC should... is going no. to continue to Please. do. So. The UFC acknowledges no rankings, not even their own. The UFC does whatever the hell they want. They don't care about rankings. We have Shavkat at number eight. Jeff Neal was a far. Uh, I think one I have Shavkat at like four. Yeah, I might have him at three. We don't care about <laughs> the UFC rankings, especially on this show in in this house in this in this economy. We don't care in about the economy? UFC in this economy. We don't uh. care about the UFC rankings. Okay, so. This is a, that would be a fight ahead for Jeff Neal as far as we're concerned. I don't, I don't hate the fight. I, I still think yeah. the Burns fight is better, but I have no real issues. If you want to do the Shavkat fight, sure. Mo Usman versus William Knight. I mean, I, I think we set it with it. I, pick two, pick a body. It does not matter to me. Just <laughs> pick a random heavyweight that's not like a top twenty dude. I think that's totally fine. That feels honestly like more of a step up in competition for him, but sure. I'll say for Mosman, people also liked Mosman Parker Porter, Mosman uh, Justin Taffa, for Juliana Miller, Mandy Baum, Jasmine Jasdevizius, uh, Victoria Leonardo is probably the most popular one I saw, so I'm in, I'm in step with the uh, the listeners on that one. Sergey Spivak, uh, Chris Dacus, everyone liked that one. Sergey versus uh, Pavlovich, Sergey on Sergey. Uh, loser obviously changes their name to the spelling of their, their opponent. Um, what do you think of that? I would love that. I considered that for exactly that reason, but it 
That is certainly uh, Pavlovich fighting backwards. Yeah. And he's going to have yes. to fight a little bit backwards, but that's a pretty big step back for him okay. in the rankings, which I is agree. why I didn't go for it. Uh, McKinney, a lot of choice for him, too. One of them, uh, which kind of surprised me, but I did see it. Uh, more than two people sent this to me. So, Drakkar Close. That feels unfair. Uh, that was You like that one? That, no, that was one of the first ones I looked at just because Close just fought and the timelines will match up. But I ultimately decided, as you said, feels a little unfair to Close. I think Close, is, Close did get that big win. And that's how I ended up with Diego Fajaya as my other one because Fajaya was originally supposed to fight Close at 277. And I was like, ah, Fajaya's on three-fight losing streak. He's a little older. We can just kind of build him up. But I, l- I like the fight on the like the fight as itself. But with the the, the narrative around it, I, I think I'm with you. It's a little unfair to Close. Uh, I liked a lot of these. Kyle Dacus, uh, Puna Soriano, I think those are both good. Uh, Corey McKenna, one jumped out for me from Cor- that a lot of people mentioned. But though I'm going to give a special hat tip for people for reminding me that this was a rematch. Jonathan Hotz and Thomas Collins both said uh, McKenna versus Demopolis, Vanessa Demopolis 2. I did not remember they had fought in the Contender Series back in 2020. And McKenna won by UD. I assume that's how McKenna got her, um, her UFC contract. So I, t- I did not remember that fight happened. Neither did I. So I don't know a lot of contender see, series. You see how smart these man, the, I don't, MMA fans I are don't so... I think I like that fight, though. No? I don't think so. Not a fan? Demopolis is doing... Uh, they're they're both kind of newish and young and, and on the rise. I don't, I'm never a fan of matching like potential rising people up this soon, especially rematching them this soon. Like, that's just... Did you, did you see... Did you see Demopolis and the sumo wrestler? I featured it in Miss Fist. I know that's a sore spot since we broke up. Uh, we broke up. Our Miss we Fist did. breakup. I apologize. Uh, did you oh, see can't the. I you bring this up I, in front of on the, on the air. On the air. I, I yes. I'm making a show of it. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Did you see her with the sumo wrestler? Um, I did, but okay. I don't want to talk about this thing that hurts me so much. But okay. I really. You just, just went raw. ahead and did it. You just went ahead and talked all. I didn't about even it. warn you. I didn't even warn you it was coming. All right, let's mm-hmm. move on. I apologize for that. Let's move on to the <laughs> listener picks. Uh, I love to shout out our first timers. Thomas Baxter, first timer, first time submitter from Ottawa, Ontario. My fellow uh, Ontario, Ontario, and I've uh, been thinking about starting to submit for a while now, so here's a try. Also, I wasn't sure if I should justify my picks. Anyway, so they wrote out some stuff. Uh, this I want to read what they had to say about Hill, Jamal Hill versus Jan Blahovic. What makes the most sense, in my opinion. I'm happy uh, Santos broke his three-fight boring streak, though. That deserves some credit, sure. Uh, they want Shavkat. They said, great win for Neil. He's earned the right to get finished by Shavkat. Oh, that's a little backhanded. That's a little... I mean, that's just what Shavkat does, though. He's really good. Uh, Spivak really versus Jailton Almeida after Jailton dog walks Shamil Abdurakimov. Yikes. Very, very... Thomas Baxter, very aggressive with these picks. I kind of like it. Um, I don't hate that pick. No, I honestly don't hate that fight. I don't think it's bad at all. Uh, Kevin Perry, I want to read their thoughts on Hill and Jamal uh, Jamal Hill. Jamal Hill, Alexander Rockage. Again, another matching up with an injured guy. I don't know why. I know Rockage is out until 2023, but the top of 205 probably has Yuri Glover coming up. I think Ankalaev's ahead of Hill, gets Yawn. So it's either waiting for Rockage or taking the winner of Uzdemir Krilov, I guess. Uh, maybe Dominic Reyes, but that seems mean to Dom. You kind of mentioned that, Jed. Uh, so I think, unfortunately, Hill has to wait for Rockage to heal up. Do you think that's a possibility? Hill uh, fights Rockage early 2023, um, if everything goes well for, for Rockage. 
I mean, it's okay. Um, that probably, I just think he's going to want to fight again sooner. But if he's okay with waiting and Rakic's timeline is, you know, first quarter of 2023, that that's a totally reasonable fight. Uh, MMA heads is with me, Mo Usman versus Budai Brzezinski winner. And they're with you on the Juliana Miller, Luana Carolina winners. So those are some good picks there. Uh, Steven, just Steven. I want to read what they had to say about McKinney and Alexander Hernandez. Uh, I'd say Patty Pimblett for Diana B- <laughs> Diana Balbita's challenge. Did you see this? No, I have no idea. There was another cutesy, I think, Twitter exchange. Diana, Diana Balbita, I think, says something about like if you beat up uh, Patty Pimblett, uh, we can we can we can hang out something like that. And um, McKinney responded. Mm-hmm. So that is what Steve is referring to here. Uh, but then uh, uh, Steve reminded me, uh, Patty has a date with El Kukui. That's right. I don't even know Jed why we match make for Patty Pimblett. We all know he's going to end up fighting Tony Ferguson. So. I was just trying to stand in for your best friend, <laughs> and I know that Mike absolutely hates that fight. He's not a so fan. He's not a he fan. He hates it. He hates it. He hates it more than I dislike Michael Chandler. Well, Daniel, um, that, that and that's saying something. It's saying a lot. He did a, you know, he did a great interview with uh, with Damon this week. I think you might want to check that out. It's, uh, it's some, something to free to you know, kick back, relax, put on some Michael Chandler. You know, I uh, I talked to Damon about it. I got mm-hmm. the I got the download, so I don't have to watch the whole interview. <laughs> okay. You all should because it's You're on okay. MMAfighting.com. It's, MMA it's a phenomenal website. Uh, Daniel Edwards talking about the Patty McKinney fight. Just says Patty McKinney should be next, as Patty's a talented but flawed fighter. Strike while the iron is hot. Either guy could lose, and it's a win-win for the UFC. I agree. See, it's right. People are positive. Um, People know. I'm with them. People I know. think that fight makes a ton of sense. Uh, let me. Oh, you can, uh, one, you can headline a fight night card with that I, fight. This is actually good for you because we have different. We're going to have different perspectives on this because I'm watching in Canada. You're watching ESPN in the U.S. Uh, Carlos Torres Buckley Cazares says, "I have to comment. The amount of commercials on last night's card was effing bananas." Um, we kind of talked about, yeah, but I don't know how what the commercial rate was for you guys because I think we see some of the work walkouts. Maybe some of the walkouts you guys don't up on TSN. So oh, I don't know. I don't think I saw. I don't remember seeing any of the walkouts. Yeah, I don't um, know how brutal that was in your end. I mean, it's it's just some of that's how the cake is baked. Like it's just baked into it because mm-hmm. if you're going to have a time block and you're essentially they essentially block out thirty ish minutes per fight. And so if you get early stoppages, you're just going to have a lot more space to fill. But it was really, really tough. Like yeah, and it was and really tough pacing. Look, there's, there's a reason these cards go as long. There's a reason they don't just, like, pace up the cards and go, like, oh, well, we don't have to show this. Like, yeah, they, guys, they want commercial time. This is, they're you gotta, you they're gotta trying to put those commercials yeah. in. That's why the show's going. It's unfortunate, you know. Uh, but, all right, let me go to my email. I got no emails last week about uh, what was the last week's card? Yeah, two seventy seven, two seventy seven pay per view. No <laughs> what was last week's card? It was a pay per view. Yeah, no emails. Listen, there's, there's so many cards. Uh, our, our our pal Casey Carpenter, thanks for all the good work. Would like to know what Mike thought about Icon and uh, if we get another event out here. I'm assuming they'll run in Georgia again. That's just a complete guess on my part, um, Jed. I would hope you would uh, you would go sometime if uh, if Icon. Oh yeah. Back. Oh, um, so from talking to Mike Heck, it appears that they have said they will be coming back to Savannah at some point in time, which makes sense. It's especially because the Florida based thing, it's pretty, pretty convenient and apparently had a good, they had a good experience. So Casey said that they could not go on Friday. So sorry, Casey, hopefully next time, but, uh, throwing out Neil, speaking of icon, I, this is like a magic wand pick. I would love to see this fight. There's almost 0% chance it happens. Neil versus, uh, Jorge Masvidal. 
Yeah, that that won't ever happen. But it'd be a fun fight. Uh, Tyler Burrell, this is their thought on Jamal Hill and Galab. I think Ankalaya's win over Smith was too underwhelming for him to get an immediate title shot, and I think it'd be a good number one contenders type matchup. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm coming from too. Like it's just it's tough. And they asked about Jeff Neal versus Kevin Holland. I think the styles match up here well. It'd make for a really fun fight. Uh, headline of fight night. Not sure if they're friends. I know they both train in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I do not think they are friends. They have fought previously, which doesn't mean they can't be friends, but they have fought previously. Um, January 2017, uh, Holland beat Neal. So I I wonder did, if... You... Did this listener know that they had fought previously? Or is that... It does not sound like... I, no, I don't want to listen. I don't... This was... out. It's When it's outside the UFC... It's a little bit harder. I don't want to blame them if they didn't know about. It. I didn't know. I've a contender series. I didn't know about Demopolis and, and McKenna, so I cannot throw stones. So that to me is acceptable. Um, it was a very another. It's a lifetime ago. Lifetime ago. If you would like to lay the hammer down, Jed, by all means, go ahead. But I'm I'm kind of okay with it. It's not my show, so I will be laying <laughs> the hammer down. Very kind of you, uh, Tristan Gordet. I just want to read. Uh, I'd say last night was a fun card. I think everyone knew the card wasn't great on paper, but it just shows even though the card may not look good on paper, it doesn't mean that it can't deliver. It's the reason why MMA is so great, why I tune into every fight card. You just don't know what could happen. So kudos to all the fighters for all the finishes. That's fine. You know, positive, positive thoughts. Uh, and then from them, I liked that Bueno Silva versus Josiane Nunez. And Romelo Reyes, thank you for sending an email. I'm back with more matchups. Shouldn't have any doo-doo. We'll be the judge of that. Oh, okay. Romello says, thank you all for inspiring me to pursue a job in MMA. I just started writing recently. I've been in a rough spot lately. Watching y'all, this includes, you know, this he's talking about Otno, but I think this includes No Bets Barred, your fine preview work, your fine post-fight show work, all, all that stuff, Jen. It's all of us. We're Watching y'all has not only helped with that, but inspired me to try something I never thought I'd be good at. Thanks again for keeping up the amazing work. Y'all are killing it. First off, Romello, let me say... Uh, Feel free to send me a writing sample if you have time. If there's something you're really proud of and you want me to go look at it, I warn you, I'm very harsh. But you have my email. Send me something sometime. We can talk about it. And also, uh, congrats just on doing it, man, because that's the only way. That's the only way to get into it. You just do it. MMA is still a very yeah. young. It's still a very young field. Obviously, it's bigger than ever. It is. It is mainstream, but compared to a lot of the major sports. The barrier for entry is, is uh, I would say, is a little bit lower. Not to say the quality of, of the talent is lower, but just the amount of people that are you know working to get you. It's a smaller field. It's a smaller field of people. Um, so if you're going for it, hey, why not you? You might say, oh, how, how can I be Errol Hawani? How can I be Mike Heck? How can I be Jed Mishu? And it's like, once upon a time, Jed Mishu wasn't Jed Mishu. You know, Jed Mishu put himself out there. Jed Mishu got on that grind. And now here he is. It had to be somebody. Why not Jed Mishu? Why Michoud? not me? Why, know, not, why not you? Why not me? Why not today? So Romella, hopefully someday we are we are you, we, I'm, we, you're, I'm having you as a guest uh, guest host on Not Know or something like that, and we're just laughing about this. Uh, and even if it doesn't work out that way, enjoy writing about something that you love, whether it's professionally or for fun. I hope you have a great time on this journey. And again, reach out to me if um, if you need any advice. Happy to uh, happy to share. Reach out to I don't know we can reach out to Jed as well, but he's a, he can be a, bit, a harsh master. I'll give you I'll give my advice to anyone, Dude, especially to this gentleman, because it's the same advice I've I've given this to a lot of people who have reached out to me and asked or come across me. My two pieces of advice are, um, the big one is just do what makes you happy, and this extends far beyond just kind of this field. But the way I got to where I am is mostly luck. I guess I'm just being honest, but I I make the content I want to see, and because it's the only way to do it. Because if you're trying to write for somebody else or do something for somebody else, it's just not going to work. 
you're not going to have the same spirit and heart in it and that is going to come across to everybody else that is 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 intaking what you're producing and it's twofold if I if I get fired tomorrow knock on wood that doesn't happen loveandmayfire.com great website uh <laughs> If I get fired tomorrow or, or whatever, this no longer can become a career path for me. I will be tremendously sad because I love my job. I truly do. But I will know that I did what made what what worked for me, and that's like that. That's really just kind of it. Because as AK said, the barrier to entry is lower, but you're going to face a lot of rejection. It's really it's still really 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 difficult. And so, and when you get here. People are not, they're just not going to love it. Like whatever you're doing, a ton of people are going to hate it. You're going to catch a ton of crap for it. And that's fine because as long as you are happy with what you've done, that's all that's ever mattered to me. And I think that that produces the best work and it certainly has made me feel the best about what I've done. And so that is what I always tell people in general, just do what is making you happy. And then even if you don't get to maybe where you'd hope to be, you can still be really comfortable with what you did because it was it was what was true to you. Uh, that is very that is one hundred percent authentic, and I and I tell you, you stand by your words because as someone who has uh, edited your work and collaborated with you, yep, I can tell people this man does not compromise. This man, nope. <laughs> he is not he is not lying when he says he does things his way. <laughs> I have been, I've experienced it firsthand. I've talked to my therapist about it. Yeah, you do. Jed what... does. Jed does things his way. Do what's in your heart, and then if if it lands, then great. Then you've you've put yourself into the best possible position, and if and you've produced your best work. If it doesn't land, you can at least be comfortable knowing All right. that I did it. I did it my way. So good luck to everyone out there who's trying to get into this business. Again, you're gonna have a great time. I sure you're gonna have a great time doing it's it. It's incredibly it. fun. It's so fun. It's so fun. Uh, all right, I got a ton of Twitter, so guys, I kind of, I'm sorry, I cannot read all these. We're, we're gonna I mean, let me see how I can get here in the next few minutes. I do one a new guy, the combat guy. Thank you, long time listener, first time giving picks. Hill and Goliath, title shot eliminator. So he's saying both guys are one away. That that would make sense. Neil, if versus that's Burns. a title shot eliminator, sign me up for it. Neil versus Burns. Neil deserves it that performance. Usman versus Hamdi Abdel Wahab. There you go. Friends forever. Uh, Miller, Victoria Leonardo. Let's Spivak, go. Alexeychik, Armin Petrosian. Battle versus Andre Fialio. Oh, I like that. McKenna versus Sam Hughes. And uh, Maeda Bueno Silva versus Penny Kianzad. I'm amazed no one else uh, threw that one out there. I think they're... I don't know if someone yeah, else that it, kind of makes some sense. Thanks for all the work y'all do. Uh, also, McKinney versus Patty at MSG. And then do the Tony fight if Patty gets a W. I love everything about that, except I'm very confident Patty has, he will not fight in Madison Garden. He does not like the New York taxes. He has said this multiple, multiple times. So probably He's been extremely clear that he will not fight in New he York. Don't, he don't like the tax man. He don't like that. It would have to be some exorbitant amount where like the tax, the amount of tax that's taken doesn't matter. And the UFC, he's not at that level yet where they would shell that out. Yeah. Terrence Leverett, again, Neil versus Shavkat. If Shavkat wins, he then changes his name to Shavkat Neil to me, Rachmanov. I mean, a couple of Neil wins there. It, it, yes, and then he mentioned, yes, from Neil to Neil, which I forgot. I was like, oh, right, Neil to Neil. Okay. Uh, i got to skip ahead here. Sorry, everyone. Uh, our pal, Nick Linville, an aspiring med student out in uh, in the great state of Michigan, uh, said, gotta think, this is, he raised a good point, gotta think the MMA guys and a card where every single fight had a finish. We didn't have another injury stoppage. The Duke of uh, the Duke of Diagnoses will take the night off. Have a good one, at Prince of Positivity. So, 
uh, yeah, it's kind of like honestly, that main event had all the makings of like someone's gonna suffer a freak injury. Like Tiago Santos oh, yeah. is thirty, is thirty eight years old, <laughs> right? and the fight was so sloppy. And both his knees are blown. Like at any point oh. in time, you could have just reblown one of them. I thought again, we talked about the takedowns, like his struggling. I thought at one point he just wasn't gonna get up. Like he was just gonna be like, no, I can't. Yeah, no I'm moss, a no moss moment. Uh, all right, let me run through here. Uh, Cody Hartman McKinney versus Ferguson. Sure. Sure, I yeah, I like yeah. Pimblet a lot better for yeah. that fight. Four Corner Sports NY Battle vs Barbarina hashtag Brian on Brian, um, McKinney Gritzmacher. Yes, I like that. Juliana Miller versus this would be Juliana Miller versus Jillian Robertson. Uh, Maria Agabova loser. That's happening September seventeenth. Okay. Stephen Brighter. Oh, how do you like this one, Jed? Mohammed Usman versus Chris Barnett. Win loser draw. He's fighting J- uh, Jay Collier September tenth. No matter what happens. Mo Usman, Chris Barnett, Beast Boy. Mm. I mean, it's fine. I mean, if I think if if Barnett loses, it makes a lot more sense. I think if Barnett wins, it just feels like Barnett. Barnett's really fun, and like I'm not saying Usman can't win that fight, but Usman is still so raw, so new. Give let him face somebody who he will have a real good chance of beating, or is uh, at least on a commiserate level of experience okay uh hayes the third has a interesting pick for neil he says neil uh looked like he's leveled up with his performance for his next fight i'll go with leon edwards if he loses to usman i respect the gilbert burns call and wouldn't hate in that fight but i feel like they'll give burns to another prospect so uh neil leon if leon loses to kamara i don't hate it um I don't want to tip my hand here. I am dangerously close to talking myself into Leon Edwards upsetting Kamaru Usman. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Dangerously close tune to talking in. myself do not, into that upset. Do not, so two weeks. Do not miss that episode of it's No It's a little Best teaser. Part. Do not miss that it's episode. It's a little guys. teaser, but I am. I want, I want to see if you can drag Connor down with you. <laughs> I've been leaning that way for a while now, and it's I'm not there yet, but... Give me another two weeks to stew on this, and I may be calling for another upset of the century. Here. Speaking of uh, the beloved Connor Burks, we actually have a Connor Bede uh, who now contributes uh, picks, not Connor Burks, uh, Connor B from New Might Zealand. Might be Connor's burner. Maybe. Uh, well, he says he's from New Zealand, so I hope that's true. I hope that's true. And that's they throw, throw, the, throw him off the scent. Jamal Hill versus Craig, too. Big fan of Craig. Just think Hill will want to and probably can get the one back. Also, there's not much left ahead uh, that makes sense, in my opinion. So I like the logic there. Uh, just a few more. My goodness, you guys are so... MMA fans are so good. They're so good. Uh, Barry O'Reilly. Battle versus Ian, Gar- Ian Machado-Gary. Good call-up. Both guys very early in their careers. After a knockout like that, Gary will have to be respectful about Battle's power. Also, I think uh, Sato trains at Kill Cliff, so uh, he can get some revenge. Ian Machado-Gary can get some revenge for his boy. Um, I always like those storylines. Oleg Sejic versus Chidi and Jukwani. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. If we're not doing Chris Curtis, I'm very okay with that. Uh, our man in Italy, Francesco, the man who started all the uh, Pimblet, uh, Pimblet, Tony Perkins talk, is now throwing out this one. Brian Battle versus Robbie Lawler. That's probably more likely <laughs> to be possible, but I don't, I don't want Robbie Lawler to be the stepping stone for new prospects. I know. That's horrible. I want Robbie Lawler. I would way rather have. I'm not even all that in on Robbie Lawler versus Luke, but that's much more aligned with the fights I want for Robbie Lawler. 
All right, last two messages I'm going to read here. Uh, James McDonald, loyal listener, uh, loyal listener, loyal picker. McKenna versus Carolina Kovalkiewicz. I hadn't even thought of that. I actually like it. Oleg Sechuk versus Dusko Todorovic. And uh, he wants one more fight for Sam Alvey. Jed. Oh, God, why? It's a catchweight bout. Sam Alvey versus Hasbola. Jed, give me the opening line. I mean, I'm going to say that Alvey is still a favorite in that one. Just from the size disparity, but it's probably pretty close because of the number of people who will ironically put five dollars on Hezbollah. <laughs> All right, and I got one. I got this long message from someone named Benjamin Benson uh, from Copenhagen, Denmark. They have a loyal listener. They sent a huge, huge. I'm not going to read all this message, Benjamin. I apologize. I mean, I read it, Benjamin, myself. I'm not going to read it on there. It is so long. This would take me at least like two whole minutes to read. Uh, if I read it in its entirety, and if I read it at my like normally super fast talking speed, I hope um, it's just him talking about Marco Madsen. It's no, I, I don't think Marco Madsen gets mentioned, which is just super disappointing. Wow! Uh, so I'm quite excited. This is my first time chiming in. Uh, I'll be in Amsterdam for an international bachata festival on Fight Night. I'm propelled. To, I'm propelled to submit my picks beforehand, so they pick before the winners actually happen. Uh, MMA is in fact not very far from Latin dancing. The way you need hip control, balance, economical use of muscles, isolated muscle control, etc., etc. Example: a, fe- a fellow uh, bachata dancer I know was a renowned kickboxer, sparred with the Pettis brothers, and so on. And he agrees. Okay. Uh, so he need, he felt the need to put some of us on blast for some reason. I'm not going to read all this, but some of it pertains to you. So this oh, is why on. I'm reading it. All right. Uh, so some stuff about Mike uh, being too New England biased. I mean, we can all agree on that. That's not an unfair criticism at all. We all know that Mike should never talk about New England athletes again. Uh, nobody cares about that stuff. Why is Mike so unashamedly... <laughs> I got to start again. <laughs> why is Mike so unashamedly in awe of everything Jed says and does, my toes cringe like the roots of a 500-year oak when he drops his jaw every time Jed opens his mouth. I love Jed's... <laughs> I love Jed's hillbilly antics. But when his stances and takes become crude and straight-out dumb, Mike should <laughs> rise from fifth-grade-level behavior and stand uh, on his on his own better. Uh, do you want to address... There's more to you. Do you want to address that part first? I mean, sure. First, uh... Definitely not a hillbilly. You wouldn't call me country. That's fine. Hillbilly. I mean, I guess it's fine. He's from he's from Denmark. He doesn't really know the distinction between hillbilly versus just like yes, this is true. Hick or whatever. Every, everyone, so you're from the you're, you're from the U.S. So everyone in the yeah. U.S. is a hillbilly. Yeah, we're all hillbillies, but there are distinctions between what those mm-hmm. various things are, especially in the South. Um, uh, Mike's in awe of me. I don't think that's true, but if it is true, it's because I'm awesome. So. <laughs> You know, yeah, I, that's, I guess that's that's what it is. Like that's I easily explained. That's not going to change. I'm also not confident that the roots of an oak cringe, but that was very vivid wordplay. I, so I respect it. that. Well, he said his toes cringe. I don't think toes cringe either. I think even like curled up. Anyway, I mean, curl. I Although it. toe curling is um, not thing. confident. That's the visual he wants okay. to go with. Though maybe that's something different in let's, in, De- in Denmark. Because let's move on. Toe curling is not a bad thing. Let's move where on. I'm from. Let's move on. Jed also has a fondness for fighters hailing from either the Midwest or Dagestan. True, I don't know. Which the Midwest? Uh, I don't. I genuinely. I was going to say name, name one. I was going to say name one. Name one. I don't know. Uh, which, though less obnoxious than Michael Bisping openly favoring uh, American and British fighters, is just a conundrum to me. I want to hear him admit that he was. 
Oh, it's relating to Justin Gaethje. Okay, I guess. I want to hear him admit that he was blatantly wrong in picking Gaethje over Oliveira, something he never admitted on air. I think you kind of covered that. I before, definitely sure. admitted that after Oliveira killed him. And I can't <laughs> wait to see. I can't wait to see Jed's face when Oliveira finishes off Makachev, which he probably will do off of his feet, as he is a much, much better striker. Why is no one mentioning that? I mean. I've talked about this on last week's hot tweets. Actually, maybe it was this week's. I don't remember. It all kind of blurs together. I don't need to go. This is not the show for it, so I won't dive too deep into it. If if Oliveira beats Makachev, it will be a tremendous win, and I will no longer be able to speak any ill of Oliveira. Not that I have. I've just picked him to lose. I am not confident he is a much better striker, though I think that he is a better striker than Islam Makachev. He's certainly a more varied striker. You have to look at it as a whole thing because part of what makes Oliveira a really good striker is his ground game because he can kick freely knowing that he doesn't yep. care if you take him down. That's not going to be an effective strategy against against Islamakachev, who will be like, thank you for the leg. I will now take you down. And then Oliveira will play off his back. I just truly don't think the striking is going to matter because I think both men will be happy to fight this in the realm of the grappling. And as I said in hot tweets, and as I've been saying for years, I don't, I don't think that's a really good idea for Charles Oliveira. Like <laughs> I don't, I don't, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe he pulled throws up a triangle or whatever. And if that's the case, I will come and say hand up because I definitely said that after the Gaethje fight. Like hand up, I was wrong. Oliveira put the boots to Justin Gaethje. He got hurt, but he did put the boots to him in the end. God, I, I just still- don't think he can play off the back because. Again, and this sounds mean, I think his guard is less dangerous than people act like it is. Because lots of people have been in his guard. Benjamin is ready to... uh, Benjamin, I hope you're listening to this because he... This is is the takes you came for, my friend. You came at him. He's got more takes for you. I got an infinite number, buddy. If you want more... And if if I'm wrong, I'll be wrong. I don't don't have any interest in Midwest fighters, (laughs) so I just love Justin Gaethje. Sure. But I don't... But yes, I would openly say that i think dagestan because i don't think that's a me thing i think that's a most people in mma who are deep into it are like oh they're very good the the dagestani knuckle gang cartel they're real good at the whole fist yeah, fighting it, thing. it rolls deep it rolls deep uh i can't believe we're still three pay-per-views away from that fight like i like you're talking about it i'm like oh man it's a, i'm like oh 278 no, I actually got off mostly unscathed. He made fun. Uh, Benjamin here made fun of my picks. They said they suck, which and they bet the opposite of them, which is actually really good advice. You should do that. My picks are terrible, and also uh, get a girlfriend for me. So I'm like, okay, that kind of hurt, but fair enough. That, ben, feel, that feels like a personal attack. It, it was extremely personal. Um, yeah, like you uh, come at me for my takes or whatever. I don't care. Jose and Casey also got it. Anyway, I don't want to read all that. Uh, Damon left out. Benjamin, no, no, no life advice who, uh, for Damon. Who who could be mad at Damon? Anyway, uh, Benjamin, uh, thank you for the very long message. They ended with, I love you all, best wishes. So uh, thank you. We love you uh, too, buddy. We love you too. <laughs> thank you. Shout out to everyone in Denmark and uh, Copenhagen. Uh, and if you need me, Damon, if you, or if you need me to explain the difference between a hillbilly and a hick and somebody who's just a little bit country, you know, we can do it. Well, I was going to say uh, we, uh, thank you again, Benjamin, for that super long message. There's no topping that. We got we to gotta end on that. Uh Jed, where can people reach you if they want to send you fight picks or general? Are your DMs open? Are your DMs are open, man? I think they're technically open, but I check them once every like six months or something. Okay, well, people so. can tag. I think it's better if people tag you. Like, you know, you can tag oh, yeah. you can tag Jed Just, on Twitter. Be a man. Yeah. Tag. Be a man or be a woman. Tag him in public at 
Jed K. Mishu. Or be a non-binary. We be a don't non-binary. Judge yes, whatever. Sorry, I be a be a stand-up person and yeah, tag be a person. Be a stand-up like be person, a person and tag Jed publicly at Jed K. Mishu on Twitter. Yeah, go correct. for it. I don't. And people, you that, can. That is absolutely correct. Send in, keep sending in those pics and comments. Uh, I, I try to get to as many as I can every week. At Alexander K. Lee on Twitter, at Alexander K. K. Lee on Instagram, at, uh, not at, I messed up, alex.lee at espionation.com on email. Hit me on all fronts, guys. I will respond. Jedworth, thank you for joining me. Next week, ESPN, uh, ESPN. I'm really crushing it without, uh, without uh, Mike here. UFC. This is not what you do. This is not what I do. You're doing great, buddy. UFC San Diego at the Pachanga Arena. In uh, San Diego, California, headlined by Marlon Vera versus Dominic Cruz. Uh, it looks like we've got. I want to see if ESPN has a schedule for this yet. Uh, but yes, we do have Dominic Cruz, Marlon Vera in the headliner. I look forward to the No Bets Barred breakdown because I honestly uh, am not. Su- I, I'm pretty sure I'm picking Vera. Um, but man, there's you know there's that I still think there's that Dominic Cruz magic that is that is really tough to deal with. So I'm kind of excited. I don't know what your initial read is on uh, that one, uh, Jed. Uh, I I have never liked Dominic Cruz, and it taints it my there. ability to it taints my ability to judge his fights accurately. But I'm for sure picking Marlon Vera, <laughs> who I think is awesome, and Dominic Cruz is old and probably not all that good. Okay, just put it out there. Anyway, uh, so uh, I've, I've hated him forever. I've hated. I've true. never understood him. He is. He's the exact kind of fighter I can't. I will never Jed, learn. Yeah, we're to trying appreciate. to end on a high note. We're trying to end on a high note. Please, we're trying to end on a high note. Look, Marlon Vera is dope. There we go. Marlon Vera is super dope. That's like too. And so is the what looks to be the co-main event now. I don't know how finalized this lineup is, but this is according to the ESPN schedule. So uh, the penultimate fight. I don't know if I consider this a real main event, a co-main. Nate Landwehr and David card. Onama. There's no uh, co-main on this card. Two fighters making their debut. Yasmin, uh, Jasmine Jorgi and uh, Yasmin Lucindo. Uh, Yasmin on Yasmin. I mean, again, someone uh, well, someone has to change their name. Whoever wins has to. Whoever wins gets to gets to keep their name. The other person has to change it. Devin Clark versus Azamat Mirzakhanov. Cynthia Calvillo versus Nina Nunes. Bruno Silva versus Gerald Mearshart. That's the main card. And then on the prelims, Angela Hill taking on Lupi Godinez, Martin Budai, Lucas Brzezeski, Galbra Benitez, Charlie Ontiveros, Ode Osborne versus Tyson Nam, Yusef Zalal versus Damone Blackshear, and Ariane Lipsky versus Priscilla Cachuera, which got moved from this card. And uh, hopefully Priscilla Cachuera gets two paychecks uh, from both this card and next weekend. So that is what we are looking at. I uh, don't think there's anything else. So any late additions? Uh, Jason Witt, Josh Quinlan, I think, will not be taking par- place on that card. Uh, they really have to sort out that whatever the Susada situation is. Um, they originally thought it would just get bumped back a week, but I don't think that is going to happen. So there's your lineup, Jed. Uh, again, I cannot thank you enough. Um, you did some outstanding work. Do you have any final uh, final uh, no thoughts related to matchmaking or anything? No. Uh, you guys do great. I'm happy to have stepped in for Mike. Mike, get better. Yes. And, uh, because this is hard. This is way more. I don't want to have to step in again because this is tough. <laughs> you did an really amazing tough. job. Stop it. You did an amazing job. Uh, Mike, hopefully, will be back next week, guys. And thank you always for listening to On to the Next One, the podcast. 
listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Ability and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.